0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. It's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence Podcast. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town and & Country. And
1: co-pilot, Tony Abate with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be your real estate advocate, and also to make sure you're educated throughout the buying and selling process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get you safely closed.
0: In a real estate transaction, there are many reasons why you can encounter turbulence. Today, we are going to talk about ways to avoid renting or buying a drug house, condo, or apartment.
1: All right, John, this is this is going to be a good topic today, I think, and you know, I think the. Uh, I think the perception is that this is the kind of thing that we see on Netflix or on TV shows <laughs> or whatever but it's a very real thing isn't it that comes into play with uh uh you know whether a person can buy should buy and and how to identify different things that might uh different characteristics that they might see that could point to a house being a drug house
0: yeah and uh and really with the the new marijuana laws mm-hmm. um it's not uncommon to see a house where they have their grow room yeah. uh, in the basement, sometimes upstairs mm-hmm. um, and, and they're not they're not hiding it anymore. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. uh, th- that's something that uh, that's been kind of new the last two, three years mm-hmm. uh, and coming across that. And of course, my thought wasn't when I saw this, the grow rooms, my thought wasn't immediately, oh boy, okay, so let's think about all the issues that it could that it could cause a house, Mm -hmm. how it could harm a home. Um, At that time, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, Oh, okay. Grow room. All right. uh, (laughs) This house is going to reek. Yeah. Um, Good point. Yeah. But, but now having, having read up on this, Mm -hmm. Oh boy, there's a, there's quite a few things that quite a few problems that can arise, especially if it's not done correctly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, John, bring up a good point about the recent legalization here in Michigan with, uh, recreational marijuana. And, and I think it's, you, you, prior to that, uh, it was a foregone conclusion. If somebody had that type of operation going into their home, they were going to get rid of it and scrub down before they even thought about putting a house on the market. It's a different world now. And, and of course we have to kind of parse out. It's a very different situation if somebody is talking about the, you know, the higher level, uh, illegal drugs like, like, uh, um, um, like meth, meth labs on the yeah. right, but uh, but yeah. So yeah, real estate professional, you've got the issue of inspections and informing home buyers, and that's uh, a whole different conversation now, isn't it?
0: It, it really is, and unfortunately, um, I don't think the the inspectors have caught up with what's actually happening out there, and and mm-hmm. so I think at some point you're going to see a change in the inspectors because they're going to have to be either certified in some way or have some other knowledge on how to recognize mm-hmm. signs that maybe there was a grow room in this house and okay so if there was or there is and it's and it's visible Here's what I need to do to go down my list of what things that I'm looking sure. for signs of things, um, and so I, I don't think we're there are many inspectors certainly that uh, that I've come across that that actively check for that or recognize yeah. uh, signs of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's new territory for sure, and uh, you know that that's just we're just going to have to see how this matures as as things go on.
0: Right. it's but some of the. Th- Just in talking about purchasing a house. So uh, just backing up to probably eh, 2016, I think, was probably, if you would agree, probably it was the end of the foreclosures Mm -hmm. being a a sizable portion of homes that were sold. Uh, That was probably the end of it. Um, But before that, you know, between 2012, well, really, 2008 and 2016, you had a lot of foreclosures. Sometimes there were 40%, 50% of the market right. out there. Um, and I'm sure at that time, people weren't thinking that, uh, okay, foreclosure or abandoned house or maybe a deed in lieu house. Um gosh, maybe we should just double check and see if one of the reasons that the bank took the house back or while it was vacant mm-hmm. they were doing some drug cooking here or growing here um, i don't think it entered anybody's imagination and and for the most part i don't recall ever coming across mm-hmm. anything that uh it, you know that that i can recall showing those signs right. but um but i think with some with some knowledge um buyers can make an informed decision. So um, I think if we're talking about foreclosures or deed and lose or even homes that are abandoned. And there's you know there's homes in Detroit that are still abandoned. There's sure. there's homes in other areas that are abandoned as well. Um, I, I think it, when coming across that now, one of the things that that I I'll do is um talk to a buyer. Um, okay, so uh, there are some steps that you can take to just verify for your own knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so we have that conversation. Um, um, and if the home's a flip, well, you've got new paint, yeah, probably new flooring, probably a redone kitchen, maybe an upgraded bathroom, uh, carpeting on the floors, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's all new, but what is it hiding? Yeah, yeah, because, um, let's talk about meth. If a home, if people were cooking meth mm-hmm. in the home, well, that stuff, and and I read that they only have to do it one time. Wow, and and that chemical, uh, it, it the residue from it ends up on countertops, floors. Uh, walls, Mm -hmm. um, venting, um, in a whole bunch of different places. And, and so sometimes no matter what you do, you can't get it out of where it is and you have to, I mean, it can be really expensive, tens, twenty thousand dollars sometimes more to fix. So, um, We try to have that conversation uh, about that uh, to try and uh, make an informed decision and give them the tools that they need. Um, So in an inspection, um, if if we have a conversation and there's a concern based on buyer research Mm -hmm. that well, this it, – it may be. There's actually test kits that they can buy. Okay, mm-hmm. um, They can actually buy them on Amazon, uh, meth testing kits. Wow. Um, but as I've read and, – and this is a real problem in Colorado. So Colorado now, um, it's on their disclosure. You have to disclose if you're aware that there was meth being cooked at that house and (laughs) and some other things. But here in Michigan, we're actually covered because it's on the seller's disclosure. Environmental hazards Mm -hmm. uh, such as but not limited to lead paint, um, hazardous materials, blah, blah, Mm blah. So that's covered. We're covered. So a seller has to answer that. Um, But if you have a flip where uh, – they They bought a foreclosure, and they have no idea mm-hmm. um that's when a buyer needs has to start doing some research yeah. um, but let's let's just talk about signs of uh potential drug use in a home yeah. and specifically meth or, or an apartment now typically. Um, when a home is being sold, um, if it's a flip or if it's an apartment, Mm -hmm. landlord's going to have it cleaned and 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 detailed and uh, um and then make it look nice and and brand new. Sure. and the same thing with somebody who's flipping. But where this list really more so applies is um, somebody's purchasing uh, a foreclosed home, deed in lieu, or an abandoned home. So yeah. things to kind of look for when you're when you're around a house. And and these are pretty typical things okay. um, that they use when they're cooking meth. So um, gasoline, antifreeze. Um containers of that laying around that are empty um, or larger than normal quantities. So, you know, you've got uh um geez, more than one, you have three or four. That's a little unusual. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um lots of packages of Sudafed. Uh huh. Pseudoephedrine, I guess, is is what it's called. Uh-huh. So pseudoephedrine, and uh, uh, so it's sudafed It's uh, so they use sudafed in, in making it. Um, muriatic acid, which you can find in household cleaners. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, acetone, nail polish remover. So if it's a, uh, uh, you know, um, unless they were doing, uh, unless it was a nail shop, (laughs) it's uh, it's a red flag. Yeah, Um,
1: there's difference between having a bottle of it versus a five gallon jug of it, (laughs) right? Yeah,
0: that's right. Uh, Ethyl alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, iodine crystals, which was interesting to me because what do you typically use iodine crystals for? Water purification. Wow. So if you're in an area and you don't have potable yeah, water, yeah. that's one of the way. It, it's the least desirable way to drink water because iodine really <laughs> changes the taste of the water. It just doesn't taste good. But yeah. interestingly, that's used. Um, and then of course, uh, Coleman fuel canisters. Mm-hmm. And this one really surprised me. Lithium. So there's three yeah. or four or five car batteries laying around. They're taking the lithium out and using that to put in the in the cook. Wow.
1: This is really something, you know. These are all things that, you know, uh, taken one at a time, you could argue these are things that you can find around anyone's house. But, yeah. but collectively, um, you know, they they point to signs that there was some illicit activity going on. This is really interesting. I mean, everything I know about this I learned from Breaking Bad. But uh, right, you know, me too. Some of these things that you're mentioning uh, ring true. But uh, yeah, you know, you bring up the point about foreclosures or, or abandoned or deed in lieu homes. These are these are home sales where the the person Purchaser doesn't have that opportunity to have that get to know you conversation with the seller. It's like, here's your deed. You get what you get, and uh, they need to look for these signs just to see if there is something going
0: on. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, There's some also also there's some common paraphernalia or equipment that's uh, that also is left behind at houses where they were cooking meth. I found this kind of funny. So you've got a home chemistry set, so the, the, the kind that when you know your parents bought for you when you were yeah. in seventh or eighth grade uh-huh. um, to, to play around with. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like that. Wow. Um, lots of extra bottles and uh, containers that they mm-hmm. use to, to to put these chemicals in. Um, lots of gloves, okay. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. When you're when you're making this, you don't want this stuff on your hands. Mm-hmm tubes and beakers, weight scales and balances. And this one I thought was interesting. I I wasn't aware of this. So apparently what they do is they take a propane tank. So they'll go to Kroger, Myers, uh-huh. you know, wherever you can buy those propane tanks. And they empty the propane out and they put uh it's called uh oh boy I don't know how I'm gonna, anhydrous. Uh, <laughs> anhydrous. anhydrous ammonia. I'll just say ammonia. They put this in the tank. They, they put this in the tank. Uh, it's an industrial cleaner. Okay. So mm. they put that in there, and that's what they use to cook. And what it does is it leaves a residue on okay. the 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 valve of the, the propane tank, a greenish and bluish valve. Huh. So apparently – and Anna, I was reading what they what they would apparently do is they'd go – they'd buy the tank, empty it out, put the ammonia in, cook – and and then once they were done, once all the ammonia burned out, they take the tank back, return it, get their deposit back, take another <laughs> one. And so yeah. unsuspecting people, when, when the when Kroger and Myers would have these tanks refilled with propane, had no idea that these were being used oh to gosh. cook meth. And wow. so you have meth residue on those propane tanks. So, wow, people would get sick. People yeah. would end up with uh, health problems. Mm-hmm. Totally unaware of what was happening. And of course, the people like stores and and places where you can get propane tanks, had no idea that this was going on. That's not what they look for, right? No, and and, and it's probably changed and it's probably something that they look for. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I found interesting about that chemical, the ammonia, is um, that they actually, they steal it, the liquid form, from farms. Farms have an abundance of
1: it. yeah, for fertilizing and, okay, yep.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so thefts, especially in the Midwest, on farms is pretty common, wow,
1: interesting, interesting,
0: um, yeah, so some of the other things um, to look for that that are tips for a meth lab or an apartment um, odors mm-hmm. um, though it's not always the case uh, there there just because there's no odors um, doesn't mean that it may not have been used as a meth lab, but one of the one of the key ones that uh, that, that, that I read about was uh, a strong smell of cat urine, really, yeah, um, so that, it could have been a
1: cat or it could have been it, a meth lab that- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, it yeah, kind of sort of um,
0: a couple other things um, if you find coffee filters in the trash um, that were fluorescent green, blue or red. Huh. That's an indication of that they were using them to cook. Um, aluminum foil, lots of aluminum foil, excessive trash, staining on walls and carpet. And one of the things that was interesting is because they used the iodine mm-hmm. that when when they're cooking it, it releases obviously uh, residue, and that residue gets on the walls and it turns the walls brown. Wow. Okay. And so. It's such a you can't re, you can't get it out. You have to take out the drywall Holy and remove cow. it. But so if somebody just comes in and does a quick paint over of it, it it'll, it'll, it bleeds right through. I'll be darned! I did not know that. Holy um, cow! Yeah. So there's that. That's just some of the things. Now, obviously, um, you know there there are other things that that you can do to try and be vigilant to find out if this home was used as a meth lab mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and we'll get to those in a second. But I wanted to, I wanted to shift gears real quick. And, and uh, we, we sort of opened up talking about uh, grow houses and, and marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to just dive into that a little bit more and just talk about signs. Um, if, and I can't see people really concealing it anymore. Right. But you never know. Yeah. Um, if, if they want to sell their home and they, and they don't want people to know that they were growing marijuana at their mm-hmm. house um, there there are certain things to look for yeah. that that they typically do,
1: so well, you know John, I think this dovetails into the inspector conversation because I can very easily see if somebody sets up this type of operation to do a, a grow operation in their home um, they're, they're They're not necessarily going out of their way to call a licensed electrician and, and licensed carpenters to set everything up. There's a lot of stuff that's probably done makeshift and do it yourself, which now comes the inspection. You got potential hazards that come into play.
0: Yeah. You, you absolutely are correct. Mm -hmm. Because when they're, when they're these, uh, the lights that they use to grow the plants. Need a lot of energy, okay? A wow. lot of electricity. So typically, what you find is a oh, it's a two hundred amp panel. Well, this is weird. The wiring <laughs> is all reconfigured oddly, okay, to over here to this outlet. They've got an, a tremendous amount of electricity <laughs> going to these outlets over here in this part of the basement. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder what they was selling. Probably not running a train set. No. Huh? Yeah. no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's a. That's one way mm-hmm. to tell that they possibly had done that. Um, water lines being rerouted because okay. these things need water. They, yeah. You know, they, they need to be irrigated uh, to grow mm-hmm. along with the the lights. So um, you've got weird water lines teeing off of other water lines, going over to one spot, or just dead ending okay. somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, might be another sign that it was a grow house. Right. Um, <sighs> And sometimes, uh, you know, you might find this more in a foreclosed home if they were growing there. Debris, large amounts of debris, dirt, uh, fertilizer, um, you know, those different kinds of things get left behind. Um, (laughs) One of the things I thought was interesting is uh, interior walls missing. In order to maximize the growing space, so these these plants as they grow and they and they <laughs> bloom and they get mm-hmm. bigger, you've got to have a larger and larger area. So instead of you know it, it growing up to the ceiling and bending, it cut holes in the floors oh and run the plant right up through there, or cut holes in the wall so it can grow out farther. So pretty. they'll compromise
1: the structure. They'll compromise the structure just, just to make growing. sure
0: you've got a wow. flourishing plant.
1: So it's either a stupid homeowner or a dedicated plant grower or maybe a little bit of both. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could definitely say he's yeah. got a
0: green thumb. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that, that, this, that, that, what, what that happens with this is floor coverings, subfloors, uh, joists and studs get ruined by by all of this over time. And a lot of it is because of water damage, um, not necessarily water um, being poured on those floors, but the moisture. Okay, yeah. The mm-hmm. moisture from the plants because you've got to keep these things irrigated all the time. And of course – what happens when you have excessive moisture in a home? Yeah, mold, right? And mildew. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so, the hard part is, you know, when we're in basements and and when the inspector comes out, they're looking at all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the the you know the walls and they're testing for moisture and they're doing their thing. They're doing a visual. They're trying to be as vigilant as they can to spot any mold or mildew. Um, but short of taking in an air sample mm-hmm. of, of a room um or cutting into a drywall of an upstairs room that maybe they had opened and they and they closed it in the basement mm-hmm. uh, they closed it off after they were done you'd never know you had mold yeah. until it was probably throughout the entire house so um and that's one of the bad things is you know that's something that just happens over time because sure. these plants weren't meant to be inside right They're meant right, to grow outside so um so when I see when I've come across and i've been I've come across a few houses in uh um in a quadrant of uh, a city not too far <laughs> from where we are today um <laughs> yeah. where I've been in a few houses where they were openly growing it in the basement, and at the time I didn't think wow. Well, I wonder if they – I wonder how they manage the humidity in yeah. this house because this could be a real issue. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. one of the things I think – I know I'll be thinking about yeah. moving forward and I think buyers should be thinking about if this was a grow home, um, hey, did they manage the humidity well? And maybe it's worth getting that mold uh, air test, air yeah. quality test probably in the attic, the basement – on every level you probably want to get one just to be safe. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's really something, John. So you have the direct problems that either the plants or the chemicals can cause, and that's 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 onerous enough. That could be problematic enough. But then you have these secondary or indirect problems like mold or compromised electrical systems or whatever that are sort of the byproducts that the home buyer has to watch out for as well. Yeah. Wow.
0: It's yeah, and it's cumulative. And and you know, well, we both know that The damage that mold can do to a home and to remediate um, mold that's throughout a home. Mm -hmm. I mean you could be talking into the hundreds of thousands of dollars or a structure because there's mold growing on everything. The the walls, the joists, um, the studs, floors, Mm -hmm. subfloors. I mean you may have to replace everything and that's a really expensive thing. And – if I recall, we were having a conversation with our our resident insurance agent, Christine, mm-hmm. and I believe she had said, "Hey, if you buy the house and it's in that condition, it's on you.
1: Mm, yeah, insurance yeah. won't cover it. Yeah, pre-existing in a in preexisting a of speaking, condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. You know, it's it's fascinating. You know, a home can be compromised by mold just by its normal everyday things going on, and then you supercharge it by filling rooms with plants." filling in them with moisture keeping that at a, at a warm temperature to keep plants growing it is just the perfect environment uh, to get that mold going isn't it it, it, it can destroy a house it, couldn't it
0: oh my god wow yeah <laughs> yeah it, to the point where you may have to just bulldoze it yeah. and and start over wow. again but yeah it's it's a it's a real thing and it could be a real problem so okay we've talked about some of the symptoms some of the things to look for um, in in these types of houses. So let's talk about things that buyers can do to be proactive when they're, when they're looking at a home uh, and give them some tips and things to think about to make sure that uh, they're not buying a meth or a marijuana grow home. Um, number one, type in your address in Google. Type in the address of that home in Google to see if anything pops up. Good point. Like police reports or – Yeah. Or – Yeah. yeah. Or news stories, articles about the home. Two people Mm -hmm. were arrested at this address, blah, 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 for this reason, for selling drugs out of here. Um, Google is your friend. Yeah. You can't
1: hide from Google, can you?
0: (laughs) No. Uh, uh, Another thing is – and we say this all the time. Ask the seller Mm -hmm. if you can. Yeah. Uh, Obviously on a foreclosure, a deed in lieu, an abandoned home or a flip – Mm-hmm. Seller's not going to have anything. They're not going to be able to tell you sure. anything. Um, but short of those things, uh, a normal purchase, ask the seller, put it in writing, and uh, and get a response from the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do that a lot with with certain things that just aren't on the Michigan seller's disclosure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we want an answer to it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the the uh, uh, Part of the seller's disclosure, they do talk about environmental problems and hazards, and I think that it would be covered, but not a bad idea to be extra safe yeah. and ask. Yeah, because
1: the seller's disclosure, you're just relying on the honesty of the seller at the end of the day. It's not a guarantee or certification, is it? It's well, not. Yeah, yeah.
0: Another thing we want to look for are houses that are visited. Regularly by police. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can learn that from... The neighbors. The neighbors, the neighbors yeah. love to talk, love to tell you everything you can about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So who do we look for? We look for that neighbor that's been there forever, knows everybody, and knows everything that's been going on there. Yeah. Sometimes we don't like those neighbors because they, they're they into our business, but but those are the ones that know about everything. Sure. Sometimes it's the next door neighbor. Sometimes it's somebody across the street or a few doors down. And it's, it's really easy to go knock on their door and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying this house. Um, anything you yeah. can tell me about it that every, I that I should know.
1: Every neighborhood has one, don't they? There's the watchdog that uh, knows everyone's name, knows their business, etc. That's the person to find.
0: Yeah, I think I told you that um, a mutual friend of ours was actually, bought a house, uh, bought it through the listing agent, mm-hmm. and um, apparently it, it was a rental for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so decided that at some point just gonna put it up for sale. So he went to the listing agent, bought it through them, felt comfortable about buying it through them. Mm-hmm. And spring hits, April, and all of a sudden he had spent thirty thousand dollars finishing his basement, drywall, oh, carpet, right. yeah. mm-hmm. and first big rain, floods, <laughs> inch of water on the floor, mm-hmm. everything's trashed. So thirty grand down the tubes. He's gotta get it all fixed. He's always out there working on his yard, trying to figure out where the where the water's coming from. And his neighbor sees him and says, "Oh, hey, man, um, yeah." So, uh, just wanted to let you know that um, you know, before you bought the house, um, there's a neighbor down the road that actually ran into the porch <laughs> with their car. He uh-huh. Said, "Are you, are you kidding? Oh, no, man. no." So he's like, "Oh, wait a second." So he goes over to the front porch, puts the garden hose over there, turns it on, and before he could even get in the basement, he's hearing the water rolling in. So figured out that's exactly where the water was coming from is the front porch, where the front porch meets the house. And so- If he'd only met that neighbor, right? Exactly. The the one you're talking about. If he had only met the neighbor, he would would have been aware of it. Um, But the police had a report on it. Okay. So- If he would have thought about it, he could have been maybe avoided that. But, um, anyways, I I bring that up is, you know, calling the local police is is never a bad thing. Any Mm -hmm. reports on this property, um, anything on the address at all, drug busts, anything that I should be aware of. And they'll tell you, they'll be honest with you. Um, Another thing is to call the health department. Find out if the address is listed in connection with any um, health department reports. Okay. Yeah. Um, Another thing is, There's actually a DEA site that you can go to and that's uh, DEA.gov slash clan dash lab. And they keep a site of clandestine drug labs. And so I clicked on that for Michigan just because I was curious. And where would you think you'd see uh, a cluster of these? You know, probably in the worst part of the inner city would be my guess. You'd be wrong. Wow. It's actually out near Kalamazoo. No way. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Battle Creek area. I, I thought there's a, I mean, we're not talking thousands, yeah. but we're talking a pretty good sized cluster oh in that gosh. area. I I was totally shocked by that. Did not expect wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and I guess um, you know, if there's any suspicion at all, and part of a buyer, mm-hmm. purchase a test kit. Sure. Um, to do a test on your own, um, though. What's interesting is they say, yeah, these test kits. So there's no such thing as oh, it's clear. There's no such thing. It's just oh, nothing came up this time. Uh, oh, I said that what? what? <laughs> I read that. and said that makes no sense to me. Yeah. If yeah. if the if it comes back clear, well, so they said you know in order to be about as sure as you can, you hire an industrial hygienist wow. to to actually come out and test, and that's expensive. I would think so. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah. So. Uh, you, have to you do to really you do, really you, like that you do house one, yeah you do one through seven first mm-hmm. and eight is a last resort if something comes up and you yeah. really want the house interesting interesting
1: this is you know what and there's probably going to be more of this this kind of thing coming up it's just the way of the world and uh, the informed buyer that's the one who's going to we're avoid definitely going to
0: see more grow houses mm-hmm. we're definitely going to come across more of them um, and uh, you know we, we've just got to be we just got to be vigilant and make yeah. sure that we um, we recognize them and take precautions when purchasing. Oh, that's great information. Yeah.
1: There's a lot that I didn't know. Like I said, I learned everything I knew on Breaking Bad, so I know that doesn't really <laughs> count, but uh, <laughs> uh, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you'd be so kind to subscribe, review, rate, we would appreciate it. Please share with your friends, family, and coworkers that they too can find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast and Spotify. Thank you.